0: and I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. Yo, it's Johnny King. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I am back in the house. And when I say back in the house, I mean my house. I'm home, back from nearly a month abroad, in Italy and Greece. And although I didn't sleep a whole lot, uh, I am a little jet lagged, not going to, uh, to lie about that. But it is good to sleep in my own bed, even if I was just tossing and turning. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, it was a long day. I flew from Athens, Greece to Heathrow Heathrow, Heathrow <laughs> International Airport in London, which I believe is one of the busiest, if not the busiest airports in the world. It's crazy how big it is. And I had a two and a half hour layover, and then I f- took a, another nine hour flight roughly from London straight to Denver. <coughs> and because we left at, shoot, so I took off at like 1025 AM, landed around noon, um, even though I gained two hours. So it was like a four-hour flight. And then two-hour layover, two-and-a-half-hour layover, left at 2-something maybe, two, two 3, and flew and arrived in Denver just a mere couple of hours later, 5.30 p.m., except that I gained, obviously, a ton of hours <laughs> flying back against uh, – or, or, or I should say with the sun – and so I was up for 24 hours and uh and then feeling it. But I was just sitting there, sitting there, and I it was funny because I was working on my computer. <laughs> I had my lap, my uh, my uh what do you call it, iPad open as well, I'm kind of watching a, a movie in the background. And then I also had the other screen that's kind of in my little, you know, cabin there. Um it, like, and I just like to have the map up. I like to see where we flew like what's the route in my mind i think i always think of like oh europe is just kind of like due east of the east coast but it's so not uh the way that we flew from orlando up to heathrow when we were going over initially we flew all the way up the eastern uh you know coast of the u.s and then up and over uh more or less Canada a little bit, just the the eastern coast of Canada, um, over Greenland a little bit. And that was a very similar uh, flight path to what we took the other day coming home. We flew actually over Greenland and then over a lot more, kind of the heart of, not the heart per se, but over a lot more of Canada, over, uh, or just, I'd say, west of, um, you know, Lake Michigan, and the lakes up there, uh, down over Minnesota and Nebraska, and then eventually to, to Denver. And I say all this because even though it's, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, that happens all day, every day. Flights all over the world, flying nonstop. And you know, I was feeling like, yeah, it was a kind of a long day. My body felt a little exhausted, and people were like, oh, man, that's a long flight. i like, yeah. <laughs> but let's put it into perspective, right? I was I was doing a little research, the Mayflower, which departed fla- from Plymouth, England, right, on the sixth of September. So not very long, you know. This is September, obviously, still two thousand twenty-two. On the sixth of September, sixteen twenty, it arrived at Cape Cod on nos- November the 9th, sixteen twenty, after a sixty-six day. Voyage. Sixty-six days. <laughs> it took me uh oh, probably even a lot less. If you if you fly from New York to let's say London, it's usually only like shit, six, seven, eight hour flight at the most. <clears throat> and here here I am, not complaining because I was totally perfectly fine uh enjoying my flight, but it was a long flight for sure, especially since I wasn't sleeping. And I landed around like 1.30 a.m. Uh, local time in Greece. So I definitely was feeling it, uh, but I still was awake and I didn't really sleep a whole lot the whole flight. Just comparatively, 66 days to float, if you will, to make that voyage in boats from England over to Cape Cod back in 1620, right? Um and I more or less flew, you know, across the country <laughs> in about three or four hours. Um, and so when I was thinking about, it, like, I wonder, you know, I, I've been a fan of the, the show Te- Yellowstone in 1883, uh, back in the times of the covered wagon. And I was like, I wonder, I used to know this stuff back in, like, third and fourth grade, but I'd forgotten, so I looked it up on the good old interweb. The covered wagon made about roughly 8 to 20 miles per day, depending on the weather, depending on the road conditions, and obviously the, the health of the people that were traveling. Um, and so if they made it from one coast to the other, let's say they're going from New England all the way to the West Coast of the United States, it would take them up to six months or longer to reach their destination. And there I am... Sitting in business class, (laughs) eating my chicken masala and my tiramisu, uh, drinking a Johnny Ginger, which is, uh, what was it? It was like orange juice and whiskey and uh, I forget what else, but it was delicious. I had many Johnny Gingers just, uh, you know, (laughs) just because of the name. I had to try it. Uh, Sitting in business class, you know, with... Fucking three screens up in front of me, working on my computer with a movie in the background. You know, wireless headphones on, connected to the internet the entire time. Right, and feeling like, oh man, this is a, a long flight. <laughs> I lay down for half an hour, which of course in those seats you you can lie all the way down so it's flat, and I'm like, you know, oh I'm a little bit a little bit cold. I'm like, geez, the things that we have, the things that we enjoy we have, you know, we get time. We get time back because of technology. And so it's just gotten me really thinking about, like, that That for me was a big part of why I went over to Europe was to spend quality time with my dad and, and ultimately my little sister came with me as well. And to see the world and to appreciate those things. I've, I've been privileged and blessed to have gotten over to Europe Several times since the first time I went over when I was maybe like a sophomore in high school, I think, um, to see my older sister play soccer, and then I went over again a couple years later to see my brother play soccer, and then I went over a third time for me to play soccer in college, Um, and then I've been over there a couple more times since. And Europe is such a fascinating place, you know. Like you, you cannot own a normal sized car over there and uh, expect to get around. Although I say that, and they had these massive buses that were driving tourists around on the sketchiest of roads. And granted, probably not the sketchiest because I haven't been over to Nepal, uh, although I've seen some of the videos and the the photos of some of those roads that they probably drive uh, in South America or uh, in Asia and, you know, anyways. I digress, but yeah, it's crazy. Just just the how how much history, rich history there is in Europe. I toured uh, with my little sister, Olympia, which is the birthplace of the Olympics, and you know to be walking around in you know whether it be the Acropolis in Greece, Athens in Greece, um, or Olympia, Sparta, like. There's, there's history there. There's, you know, ruins, stuff like that. Go back 2,000, 2,500 years. And here in the United States, you know, old is like 17, 1800s, right? It's like a couple hundred years. It's crazy. It's mind-boggling. You know, to tour the, uh, the Colosseum and the Forum in Rome and just to hear about how the city of Rome is more or less cities built on ruins of previous cities and civilizations, and it just it's just to me it's it's fascinating, and it makes me feel at times very um, insignificant in the sense of like man, across the the expanse of human history, like our our individual lifetimes are but a blip, right? And yet the things that men have engineered and built and put themselves into and everything else. Cause I just love history and architecture and art and everything else. It's just fascinating. So for me, uh, and I saw, spoke about it in my last podcast is like, there's just so much uh, beauty when it comes to traveling overseas. And it really does also make you appreciate potentially where you live, especially if you live in the US, which it certainly does, like I said. I enjoy sleeping uh, in my own bed. Um, and yet, at the same time, that can get boring. And so I, I really enjoy the, uh, the variety, the excitement that comes with traveling. And you just have to be flexible. You know, my little sister and I went to go grab a train. We wanted to go up this gorge in Greece, it was on, on our last day, and we get there, and she's like, yep, there's actually two, two tickets left, we're like awesome, let's get them, and she's like starting to like plug it away, she's like, oh wait, shoot, someone just bought it online, there's only one ticket, and my little sister and I look at each other like, damn it, so we're like, oh, that's okay, and the more we thought about, it, I'm like, I was like, you know what, Molly, go, I'll take the car, I'll drive up there, let's just get a round trip, and then I'll bring the train back down. And so, when it comes to like traveling internationally, uh, traveling domestically for that matter, like shit's gonna happen. Flights are gonna get canceled. Uh, things are gonna, you know, obviously transpire that are out of your control. But I think, comparatively speaking, <laughs> to to the the times of yore, <laughs> back uh, when it took six months to you know take a covered wagon across the United States, or it took. C- 66 days to sail from England to Cape Cod. We don't have a whole lot to, uh, to complain about. But of course, we don't have that perspective in the forefront of our minds very often. And we get frustrated when the internet doesn't work when we're flying at 36,000 feet, right? I get it. But there is a lot to be said about focusing on what it is that we ultimately want out of life. And I, you know, I always harp it. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, you you, you get what I'm saying. It's like, man, life is short. Life is really short. And uh, you've got to focus on whatever it is that you you ultimately want. And for a lot of people, uh, they don't know what that is. They really don't know what that is because they don't take the time. They're constantly distracted by life and by the – the distractions, the notifications, the uh, demands upon their, their lives. And it made me start thinking of uh, like a quote that's found, well, let's just call it more of an excerpt rather than a quote that comes from David Data's The Way of the Superior Man, which if you haven't read it, read it, put it on your, your reading list. But I'm going to read this to you because um, I think it has a lot to do with um, you know slowing life down. Focusing on what really matters. Cutting out all the things that are distractions. Because even when I was over in Europe, and God knows I loved so much of it, there were times that I was bored. You know, there's times that I was bored because I didn't have my normal distractions that I have here at home. I didn't have my friend group. I didn't have all my sports. I didn't have all the things that I do here in town. So, you know, sometimes that stuff can be uh, frightening even when you are left with your thoughts and your thoughts alone. Because for a lot of us, we spend time, even maybe even like listening to a podcast like this, distracting ourselves or turning on something to fill our ears rather than just sitting in silence with our thoughts. And we're scared of what's to come up. So let me read this to you from, uh, yeah, The Way the Superman Man by David Data. <clears throat> it reads, Austerity means to eliminate the comforts and cushions in your life that you have learned to snuggle into and lose wakefulness. Take away anything that dulls your age. Your age? I'm sorry, your edge. Hold on. I'm making this bigger so I can read it. Fuck. (laughs) Let me start over, shall I? Okay. Austerity means to eliminate the comforts and cushions in your life that you have learned to snuggle into and lose wakefulness. Take away anything that dulls your edge. No newspapers or magazines, no TV, no candy, cookies, or sweets, no sex, no cuddling, no reading of anything at all while you eat or sit on the toilet. Reduce working time to a necessary minimum. No movies, no conversation that isn't about truth, love, or the divine. If you take on these disciplines for a few weeks, as well as any other disciplines that may particularly cut through your unique habits of dullness, then your life will be stripped of routine distraction. All that will be left is the edge you have been avoiding by means of your daily routine. You will have to face the basic discomfort and dissatisfaction that is the hidden texture of your life you will be alive with the challenge of living your truth rather than hiding from it. Unadorned suffering is the bedmate of masculine growth. Only by staying intimate with your personal suffering can you feel through it to its source. By putting all your attention into work, TV, sex, and reading, your suffering remains unpenetrated and the source remains hidden. Your life becomes structured entirely by your favorite means of sidestepping the suffering you rarely allow yourself to feel. And when you do touch the surface of your suffering, perhaps in the form of boredom, you quickly pick up a magazine or the remote control. Instead, feel your suffering, rest with it, embrace it, make love with it. Feel your suffering so deeply and thoroughly that you penetrate it and realize its fearful foundation. Almost everything you do, you do because you are afraid to die. And yet dying is exactly what you're doing from the moment you are born. Two hours of absorption into a good Super Bowl telecast may distract you temporarily, but the fact remains, you were born as a sacrifice. And you can either participate in the sacrifice, dissolving in the giving of your gift, or you can resist it, which is your suffering. By eliminating the safety net of comforts in your life, you have the opportunity to free fall in this moment between birth and death, right through the hole of your fear, into the unthreatenable openness, which is the source of your gifts. The superior man lives as this spontaneous sacrifice of love. And as I said, that's David Data. The Way of the Superior Man, a spiritual guide to mastering the challenges of women, work, and sexual desire. To me, that really resonated when I first read that. Because, you know, like I said, that's what I experienced a little bit. I, I experienced boredom. And it's easy to grab your phone. It's easy for me to grab my phone. Let me just speak in the first person. Grab my podcast or my uh, iPad, my, uh, my book, whatever, right? Um, music just to distract myself from those thoughts. And for me, it really allowed me, especially time, like a good amount of time of you know, three to four weeks traveling abroad, seeing all these beautiful things, being inspired and thinking about, okay, this is, this is life. This could be life. And life continues to happen around the world every single day with billions of people. And yet it's so easy for us to get caught up in our little bubble of... Distraction, and just plugging away as little robots sometimes in the drift of life, right? Just kind of letting life take us rather than being extremely intentional. So I always enjoy trips like this. And I did, uh, I did it again like I normally do, which is to sit down with my thoughts and a notepad and just write about, okay, coming back, what are the things that I really want to double down on and focus on? I really want to work on my nutrition. I want to really spend more time outdoors, whether it be hiking, biking, mountain biking, gravel biking. Um, I really want to get into exceptional shape personally. I want to um, be more present with the people that I love in my life. And, uh, and I want to grow my businesses. So, I mean, that was, that's kind of still a 30,000-foot view. And I got a lot more, I got a lot deeper into some of those bullet points. But for me, that was important to just take time to look at, okay, what's working? What's not working? What do I want to double down on? What do I need to improve over this last uh, few months of the year? And what's really important to me? You know, and then also just be grateful for the adventures and the time that I have with, with family because they're not always going to be around, right? I'm not going to always have the luxury to spend that time. So, I hope you got something good out of this episode. I think it's really good to double down. Like I said, really look at, keep asking yourself, what is it that truly makes you happy? What is it that truly makes you fulfilled? And to make more time for those things. And as David Data suggests, strip your life of all the things that you normally use to distract yourself. And from there, will you really get to find uh, yourself leaning into the source of any discomfort or unhappiness shame or sorrow that comes to the surface but as long as you're putting that off then you're just prolonging your suffering you've got to you've got to as they say the the way is through you got to go through it you can't sidestep it or go underneath it or over it you've got to go straight through it and get to the the root of whatever it is that's holding you back from your greatness and then uh once you're through it it'll be in your rearview mirror So thank you, as always, for joining me on this episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I am your host, Johnny King. I will catch up with you on the next one. Cheers. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say, hey, It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn